welcome to the Insolvency and Law podcast, providing specialist insolvency and debt-related advice for business owners and individuals. For more information on debt recovery, business restructuring, and personal and corporate insolvency, visit our website, www.insolvencyandlaw.co.uk, or call us now on 020 7504 1300. Hello everyone. Today we have another podcast specifically created for all the High Street Group investors. I believe this is our fifth one now and from the feedback received, we're so glad that you found them informative and helpful so far. So last week, uh, High Street Group released their administration proposal and I'm here with Director Peter Murray to discuss what this means for investors going forward discuss his take on the administration proposal and the next steps that you can all take. Next week, we will be releasing an episode where we break down the actual proposal. But this week, we're going to speak about it in a more general sense and what this means for you going forward before we break it down. So we hope you find this useful. Hello, Peter. Hi, Sarah. How are you? Hi, I'm fine. Thank you. Right. So I'm just going to jump straight in today, Peter. I'm just going to ask you what your initial thoughts of the administration proposal were when you saw it? Well, Sarah, frankly, the actual content was pretty much as it says. It was pretty much to the point. It lacked detail in several areas, but, you know, on the whole, there were no surprises there. Not for me anyway. Um, Certain investors and creditors might be surprised by the content and others perhaps may take some sort of encouragement from the content, but it's clear to me that investors stand a very good chance of being unrecovered from this particular um, insolvency. So, Peter, that goes on to my second question, which is what does the proposal outline for investors overall? Well, I would like to say the proposal gives investors hope, you know, reassurance, some confidence, an expectation that they will receive a significant return. But the proposal speaks about everything else other than just that. So um, if I was an investor right now, um, I, I would not be hopeful for a significant return. Wow, really? And why is that? Because frankly, we just, because, you know, <laughs> the company has no assets that we do know about so there's there's no assets to realize for the benefits for the benefit of creditors so does the administration actually say high group have no assets there's a lot that the proposal and the report does not actually state but when you read between the lines it is quite clear that high street group as an entity, has no real realisable assets that can be realised for the benefit of creditors or just realised just to meet the expense of the administration. So does iStreet Group have any assets to realise? The answer is no. So do you think that this administration proposal is actually accurate? Are things being held back? The report is accurate. The report just doesn't go far enough and the report lacks much detail 
But that said, the report is accurate. <laughs> I feel like you're being dip- diplomatic. No, which is fine. But it feels like perhaps they haven't outlined everything in detail in there that might be useful for people to know. Is that right? Yeah. But look, you know, um, I guess the administrators could have provided a lot more substantive detail, but they haven't done so. But by not providing the detail that one would expect, it doesn't mean that the report and the proposal in itself are accurate. Uh, for what it is, it's accurate, yes. Okay, so I just wanted to, we're going to go into more detail and break this proposal down next week. But I just, there was one bit that we wanted to pull out and I just wanted to get your thoughts on what this means. On point 10.5, it says, it is not expected that there will be sufficient realisations after costs to permit a distribution to unsecured creditors. If it is not possible, it is therefore proposed that the exit route from an administration be in accordance with paragraph 84 of Schedule B1 of the Act, moving from administration to dissolution. What is that actually telling you? What is that telling investors? This is something I always said would happen if the company entered into administration. I did say that it is very possible, very, very likely, that the company uh, will have no assets to be realised for the benefit of creditors. In that case, it's very likely the company will move straight into a company dissolution without going into liquidation. Sarah, you, you may recall this is something that I, you know, that I really, you know, campaigned and advised strongly against the company going into administration. This is why I always I know. the company should go into compulsory liquidation. Had the company gone into compulsory liquidation, there'll be more resources in the company to take on, you know, these complex and um, high-level investigations into third parties, etc., because that resource is made available to companies in liquidation through the official receiver. Um, but, you know, that wasn't the case. Um, the company instead went into administration and, you know, the rules um, slightly um, change when the company, well, there's slightly different rules when the company's in administration to when the company's in compulsory liquidation. But certainly we should have gone into, sorry, HSG should have gone into compulsory liquidation. So um, from an outsider's perspective, I could see that in the run-up to the 16th of December hearing, there was, it felt like a lot, like kind of like a tug of war. There was, people were being told the liquidation is the is the good is the best route from your perspective but then high street group were really pushing they were really pushing for investors to get on board with the administration and they were even trying to make groups of their own they even started making videos of their own and there was a lot of confusion around why you were more in favor of a liquidation so what you're saying is in light of this proposal you still stand by that yeah surely because look in a administration, everything the administration needs to do, has to do, is going to be met with costs. It needs to be funded and, needs, and it needs to be met with costs. And those funds can only come into the administration to meet these costs as a result of the administrator realising assets al- along the way to create working capital, to fund necess- very necessary investigations 
investigations that should lead to much greater realizations. Okay. But if there's no funds in the administration, then the administrators really effectively, you know, fighting a battle with not just one hand behind his or her back, but two hands. Whereas had the company gone into compulsory liquidation, in my view, which was the most appropriate and best route for the company, then what you have is the liquidator working alongside the official receiver can actually um, summon directors and third parties, etc., to come and assist the liquidator with their investigations. And uh, if those third parties or directors do not cooperate, then they can be ordered before the court uh, to give, uh, you know, to to be publicly examined um, about their knowledge and what they know and what they don't know about the affairs of the company. And if they don't cooperate with that, then we know that is a contempt of court. And we know contempt of court is an imprisonable offence. So the investigatory powers that are with the um, official receiver in a compulsory liquidation is much more robust uh, for investigations of this sort. And of course, need I say it, although, you know, we do acknowledge a expense to the taxpayer, but, you know, because it's been funded by the insolvency service, but come on, the investor creditors, they are taxpayers, aren't they? No, absolutely. And that's a big difference, Tara, between investigations being in a compulsory liquidation. You've got that very you know, massive, huge investigatory um, resource. And with regards to administration, if there's no funds in the administration, then it's just not going to happen. And this is what I suspect what we're going to hear. It's quite classic. The administrators will just basically come back and say, we think these are areas of, or these are possible areas of investigations that we would like to look into, etc. However, we've got no funds in the administration estate. So, you know, we are unable to proceed. And if they're unable to proceed, then these assets that, you know, left High Street Group, or most of those assets we know, I think up to £50 million worth, are with Adrian Real Estate. And we know creditors have got um, a contention about that. Without the administrators employing funds to look into that, I suppose, you know, it will remain as it is. Um, Assets in the control of Adrian Real Estate and not in the control of the administrators for the benefit of the creditors. And that's just, you know, one thing as well. So you think it's it's unlikely that the investigations will ever get done? I don't think the investigations will receive the attention they actually require. Um, so I think and I think these investigations will perhaps be done on a superficial level and um, will perhaps lead to certainly lead to no realizations. And if there's no realizations coming from these investigations, then you know. Realizations means funds available for creditors. If there's no realizations, it's no funds available for creditors. If there's no funds available for creditors, we know creditors do not get a return on their um, investment. It really is that straightforward. So in your honest opinion, realistically, what can investors expect to achieve from this administration? If 
investors do nothing and just, you know, sanction the administrator's proposal and just wait for periodic updates, the investors will actually receive nothing at all. I believe right. the investors will receive, frankly, a zero return investment. So okay. zero return dividend on their investment, i.e. they won't get they won't even get one pence in a pound if they do nothing at all. Okay. So don't basically leave it up to High Street Group to sort this out for you. If you do that, you will end up with a big fat zero. Okay. So what are the next steps that investors should take? Invest, and I've, I've said this in, back in November and December, and I'll say it again in February. Investors need to come together and form a single body of creditors uh, and being led and being advised by experts in this area of uh, recovery and ensure that the administrators carry out certain acts and do certain things, conduct the administration in a certain way uh, that is satisfactory to the creditors. And that's all creditors can expect to can expect from the administrators is to, you know, conduct the administration in a way that they find completely satisfactory. And if that's been done, then there would be a likelihood of some kind of return to investors. But um, without it, then investors can expect a big fat zero. And what can you, as insolvency on law, do to help right now? Well, we want to form a single body of creditors, a huge body of creditors. And we want to speak with one voice. Uh, there are so many creditors. Uh, in fact, look, there are 1,500 or so investor creditors of High Street Group. And we know they've poured in £118 million of their uh, funds into High Street Group. And we know that these investor creditors, although they may have, cert- may have self-certified themselves as being sophisticated investors or high net worth individuals. Um, we know a lot of these investors, you know, perhaps did not receive the information they needed to receive in order to make an informed decision. And, you know, right now they are where they are, but you know, investors need to realise insolvency rules, insolvency procedure is a specialist area. If, and most investors will know nothing about insolvency. They'll know nothing about the procedures or the rules. And therefore, I ask those investors to come along with us and join as a single body of creditors and be led by myself, Peter Murray. Uh, I know what I'm doing. I've been doing this for 13 years, uh, quite successfully mm-hmm. um, obtaining significant returns for investors in situations exactly like this. Because, you know, we need to um, do things like um, establish a creditors committee, which has a minimum of three to a maximum of five members. And through that committee, so long as we have the majority on that committee, we can really, you know, work alongside the um, administrators and, you know, assert our position, the position of creditors and get the administrators to do certain things that we want them to do or not do certain things that we do not think is in the interest of creditors. But one of the things we think are in the interest of creditors is to ensure that the administrators carry out 
investigations as much as they can. But obviously, we're not, they're going to say to that, we've got no funds to do that investigation. So, you know, creditors do need representation uh, that is robust, that is forceful, and that, you know, wants to take the administration in a certain direction that's going to be A, in the interest of creditors, and B, you know, should lead to some sort of return to creditors, although we know it will not be a significant return. But like I say, if investors do nothing, then they can expect to get a big fat nothing. And I'm going to ask this because I know that most people, if not everyone, is wondering this. Um, If people come on board with you to form the body of creditors, is there a fee for that particular service? No, we've said this countless times, Sarah. That, you have, um, yes. Yeah. I just wanted to clarify. <laughs> yeah. Um, look, there's absolutely no cost whatsoever for our creditor representation service with regards to uh, representing investor creditors with regards to High Street Group in administration. So the representations that we make on creditors' behalf to the administrators those representations are to really um, ensure that creditors' rights are being exercised. Uh, those um, representations are to ensure that the administration is being conducted in, you know, with creditors' interest at the forefront. And of course, those representations will be made to, you know, to ensure that, that the administrators do commit to do the necessary investigations as much as they can although we know that you know that's going to be a tremendous difficulty now because there's no funds in the administration and you know Sarah you know again the investor creditors we need the administrators they need to clarify um, because I know that they have made a distinction um, between the unsecured creditor which is the sort of unsecured trade creditor and the unsecured investor creditor, which are your retail investors, your loan note holders, and so forth, those who own one, three, and five, or seven-year loan note, uh, they're being treated quite separately. And the administrator just needs to spell out quite clearly how they are being um, classed as a group of creditors and why and what their rights are and so forth. Because there is a suggestion that these that these investor creditors uh, stand behind the security of Castle Trust. And we know that um, Castle Trust you know, are a secured creditor by two charges entered against the company. Um, I think one in 2017, one in 2018, if my memory serves me correctly. But there are two, but you know, they do stand as two creditors. So what is the relationship? between the investor creditors and Castle Trust. That needs to be very clear. It needs to be clearly spelt out, and it isn't. So, you know, if Castle Trust are the first creditors, the first uh, secured creditors, does that mean uh, the first realisations go to Castle Trust and from Castle Trust it goes to the investor creditors as the loan note holders, or... Is it something else? We need to know because, you know, if let's say the first, say, let's just say £10 million recovered goes to Castle Trust as the first secured creditor. So does Castle Trust have, you know, some funds to distribute to um, the loan holders? 
we wait to see. And we this is where we need clarity. And the administrator's report did not provide that clarity. And so being on the creditors committee and um, just making representations generally on behalf of a significant body of creditors, we can expect to get that clarity. And that's why creditors generally do need to be represented by a professional creditor representative such as myself from insolvency and law. I think it's worth mentioning as well that just because you're offering this particular service for no cost, it doesn't mean it it doesn't cost you because I found out recently that two court hearings had cost you about £16,000. Is that right? Am I okay to say that? Uh, Well, you've already said it. (laughs) (laughs) I think it's just worth um, people knowing that you know, you're £16,000 out of pocket and it's it's quite a big gesture to represent creditors for no fee Yeah, at this, I mean, at this point. Yeah, I mean, so look, we have, we do have a vested interest in this administration because, uh, you know, we stand, you know, as well as other creditors, we stand alongside those, those creditors who are owed funds. And um, we've taken on assignment for, from a number of different, investors and we've chosen to stand in their shoes and fight their corner yes and the last the two hearings that we were involved in concerning the high street group cost us a tidy a tidy sum of 16 odd thousand pounds it is referenced in the proposal um but yeah you know that's what we have committed that's what we have spent but you know we don't seek to recover that cost from investors we're, we're not asking investors to pay us anything. But of course, if they want to, we're not going to say no. But no, no, no. You know, investors are not obliged to pay us a single penny for this particular service. This creditor representation service for the creditors of High Street Group. It is a free service. So therefore, every creditor, uh, we ask every creditor to actually uh, join um, our creditor group. And can we just clarify uh, the best way for them to get in touch and what they need to include? For example, if it's an email, if everybody, if we could just tell everybody now, drop us an email and what to include in there just to streamline the situation. Yeah, so the easiest uh, um, email address is info at insolvencyandandlaw.co.uk. You can send uh, any uh, team member um, your email to that email and uh, telephone is 0207-504-1300 although you know, we prefer email keep it in writing um, and of course you go to our website which is um, insolvencyinlaw.co.uk and you go to High Street Group and once you go to High Street Group if you want to join our creditor group, uh, then there is um, a letter of authority that you just download, complete it, very straightforward, and we send you some documentation for you to complete and send back to us. And hey, presto, you have joined our creditor group. Okay, great. So just so it's as simple as logging onto the website. There's a dedicated page for high street group investors. There's the letter of authority section. You fill that in. And INL will give you all the info you need. So it really is that simple. So please do 
at least take a visit on the website because it's worth mentioning that if this is the first time you're listening to the podcast, we've got a good four podcasts that we've already done on High Street Group on there. Mm. Um, obviously, that was more relevant to before the administration happened, but it might still be worth listening to to catch up. But thank you so much, Peter, for today. Yeah, and I'll certainly say let's go, um, you know, creditors should return to um, our website in a week's time because there will be another podcast and uh, we will be critiquing the proposal um, in much detail for the benefit of creditors. Absolutely. We're going to really break it down because some of this might be, I mean, you know, for me, for example, you know, I'm not an insolvency expert. So a lot of that is kind of a little bit alienating. So I think it would be to have somebody break it down, I think could be very useful for a lot of people. So that would be brilliant. Please stay tuned for that. Well, thank you very much, Peter, for giving us that general overview of the proposal. You know, we hope you will find that informative as usual. And Peter, do you have any final thoughts before we log off? The final thought, you know, really is, look, if if you do nothing, you will end up with a big fat nothing. You Every single creditor needs to engage. You don't need time. You don't need expertise. You don't need to know what you're doing. Quite frankly, all you need to do is engage through ourselves, insolvency in law. My name is Peter Murray. I am a professional in what I do. And you need to basically engage in this process. And the way to do that is to do that through our creditor representation service so you know we do we do all the representations uh make all those representations on your behalf you do absolutely nothing and we keep you informed of the progress our job is to improve the prospects for you in this administration is to make the prospects better for you in this administration we know how to do exactly just that for you the creditor brilliant Thank you so much, Peter. And thank you all for listening and stay tuned for the follow-up podcast next Tuesday. Take care, everyone. Thanks, Sarah. Thank you for listening to the Insolvency and Law podcast. If you require additional guidance on any of the topics we covered today, visit the Resource Centre at our website, www.insolvency.com insolvencyandlaw.co.uk or call us now on 020 7504 1300